0: Hey guys, just a couple of quick notes before we get started this week. We'll be taking a few weeks off for the holidays before returning early next year. So after this episode, head over to our website, fwfoodstories.com to catch up on all of our latest podcasts. We've also got a store over there where you can get your t-shirts, mugs, iPhone cases, and a lot more with our Fort Worth Food Stories logo on it. It's the perfect holiday gift. I also wanted to quickly mention that we are now on Google Play and Spotify as well as iTunes and SoundCloud. This should make things a little easier to find us. Just search our name and you can start listening on whatever your favorite app for podcasts is.
1: And what the mall has to offer over other types of retail is experience. And it's a way to differentiate yourself. And everybody likes food and everybody wants to eat.
2: When you're in college, uh, state of funds are just a little tighter. And so uh, we used to go to a local, to the local cafeteria. They would serve baked potatoes and we would pile them up and all kinds of stuff. And uh, we could make them two meals. And so after we got out of college, we are like, man, we should start a kind of a potato business.
1: And when she first had the food at El Sofrito, it brought tears to her eyes because it reminded her of the food that her grandmother uh, used to make. You are listening to Fort Worth Food Stories, brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth.
0: All right, welcome to Fort Worth Food Stories. I'm your host, James Grange. Today, I am joined by Kevin Davies from the Hewlett Mall and David Weber from Hot Potato. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Thank you.
2: Thanks for having us.
0: Uh, so I'd like to start off with you, Kevin, and and a few questions for you talking about the mall, uh, and then we'll kind of... Uh, get into talking about hot potato as well. Um, but first of all, what's your job within the mall and how long have you been working at the Hewland Mall? Uh,
1: I am the general manager of the Hewland Mall and I've been there 17 years. This okay, month. that's, uh, A that's long awesome. Time.
0: Uh, so you've been there 17 years and and I know uh, from talking to you prior that you also have experience with other malls. Uh, why do you think that food is so important
1: uh, to the mall industry? Food is part of your experience and what the mall has to offer over other types of retail is experience and it's a way to differentiate yourself and everybody likes food and everybody wants to eat and that's all part of our day-to-day experience and we want to provide things that the customer enjoys. So you've been there 17 years. Uh, You've seen a lot of
0: places I'm sure come and go When did you start uh, to decide that you wanted to uh, transition into bringing more independent shops into the mall uh, and featuring more local
1: food? I think part of it is the mall food court is you have something in mind when you think the mall food court. You think the same things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to differentiate yourself from other places, you have to offer something unique. And the way to offer something unique is to bring in local operators, whether it be local retail operators or local food operators. But it just adds to the experience. So tell me about that overall plan and
0: and how you've uh, gone about, you know, bringing these new places into the mall. So
1: you know, part of it started with. Uh, we were going to do something different in center court. We were doing some construction there, and we had a play area there. And with that play area, we had to move it to put in new escalators. And we said, do we want to put that play area back or do we want to try something different? Because the company had been doing some different things with food kiosks and center courts and creating experience and creating dwell places uh, in their center courts. So I asked, can, can, instead of putting the play area back, we could put the play area somewhere else. Can we do something different here that adds food? Uh, so that was part of it. And part of it, we've been looking for a local coffee place. And so it all kind of came together where we had the Society Coffee come in. We spent some money bringing in new furniture and creating a new ambiance in Center Court. And then we did the deal with Hot Potato. So that kind of you know, became organic with as it developed over time and then as we had space availabilities in the food court we said to ourselves well we had a a chain type Mexican place that was there that you know didn't do that well and we said we really would like to bring in something authentic and so that's when we you know approached the El Sofrito and as you've tasted that food it's very authentic Mm -hmm. and very excellent so it just kind of a plan that developed over time but kind of matches what you see happening in the mall industry where they're bringing in different types of food, whether it be kiosks and locals and inlines, lines, at food halls and everything. It all kind of ties into that whole general theme of just uniqueness in the food. And we'll get
0: into the other restaurants and, and Society Coffee as well later. But what was it that initially attracted you uh, to Hot Potato, David's business?
1: You know, I think you know. I wasn't in the initial contact uh, with Hot Potato. It was somebody else in our staff, not on my staff, but our corporate staff, actually contacted him because you know the food truck scene is is a, a neat scene and a hot scene, and yeah. and some of our people were out in Dallas and they ran across him at the Dallas truck yard and started talking to him. And so it was just canvassing the food cor- the food truck scene, which is where we thought we were going to get some prospects. So, David, you opened this food truck in 2016
0: with your wife and another business partner. Um, and why did you decide on uh, baked potatoes as your uh, main course in the food truck?
2: Baked potatoes, yeah, uh, baked potatoes to start off. I mean, they're they're a canvas that you can just kind of top anything. Top you can put whatever you want on top of a baked potato and go. But in college, me and my uh, my business partner now we were college roommates and. When you're in college, uh, state of funds are just a little tighter, and so uh, we used to go to a local to the local cafeteria, and they would serve baked potatoes, and we would pile them up and all kinds of stuff, and uh, we could make them two meals. And so after we got out of college, we we're like, man, we should start a kind of a potato business. We put it on hold for a while, and then we initially said we got the food truck kind of as a hobby just to see how it went, and then it just kind of. Took off from there, started as a part time thing and just ran into a full time thing as the, the man grew. So
0: I was definitely a little skeptical when uh, Kevin at first brought up this idea of the hot potato, and yeah. and he brought me out for a taste testing, uh, and I tried um, the buffalo chicken potato. So I got mine, no cheese, uh, but I had the buffalo chicken, the ranch dressing, and the chives on it. It was awesome. It was so delicious. It was like I said, it was a concept that I wouldn't have thought uh, kind of going together. How do you come up with the ideas for the menu? Because you serve a lot a lot of different potatoes on your menu.
2: Exactly. Well, the Buffalo Chicken started this whole deal. That's my favorite baked potato. Awesome. So that was (laughs) I'm not
0: pandering, I (laughs) swear.
2: Yeah, I know, I promise you. That was my favorite. So that really did start it all. Uh but I just you know, I've been in the food service industry, uh Pretty much all I've ever done in my professional career, uh, you know, I worked managed uh, as an assistant manager, assistant GM for a Seafood Kitchen. Did that for eight years, and then after that, I left and went over to Cisco Foods as an account manager. And then, um, you know, with that, I just got to work with a lot of local people. Uh, you know, we call them mom and pop shops. I was one going and helping them manage food costs, come up with new menu items, and stuff like that. So from just that experience and having, a you know, the you know the exposure around all the food Cisco provided and then going in with local, you know, um, restaurant owners, I just kind of came up with a lot of just new and different ideas. And so that's kind of what we do with the baked potatoes. We just, whatever I'm feeling, if I see something cool that day, I want to do carne asada on a baked potato or turkey and stuff. And with Thanksgiving coming out, we just kind of oh, give it a shot. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh,
0: so so David and I both like the uh,
1: buffalo chicken potato. Do you have a favorite, Kevin? Uh, the brisket mac and cheese is outstanding. Off the hook. It's delicious.
2: <laughs> uh, that is the number one uh, selling baked potato we have.
0: Well, I even, we tried your brisket sandwich as well, so you're not even just limited to potatoes.
2: Yeah, we, we try to you know keep it all around a baked potato. So with the sandwiches, we do use potato bread um, <laughs> and uh, the french fries that come through it. So we try to find a way to kind of keep it around a baked potato in a sense.
1: And they really have combinations, like you said, that you wouldn't expect. They have this chicken fried steak and gravy yeah. potato that when I first heard I'm like, that's not a, a great combination. But <laughs> when you have it all together, it's fact.
2: It, it, it all goes together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so for
0: novices like Kevin and I, clearly, we see these things on the menu and we think, oh, man, that would never go together. And it, it does. But is there ever a combination that just doesn't work?
2: Hmm. I haven't run into that honestly. I mean, for the most part, uh, everything really goes goes well together. Not that I've run into, it, I can't really say. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. If I can go back, because I just want to say this, because I know the wife will get me. Well, we did when we did sit down and try to figure out what you asked me a minute ago about how we come up with some of our ideas. Uh, my wife's from uh, Mexico, and uh, my mom's from Saint Vincent, um, uh, about thirty minutes from Jamaica, and so we just kind of took. We got some other items like jerk chicken and stuff like that. We took some of her recipes and some of my wife's recipes and just some local stuff. We kind of just mixed it all up. That, that made our initial menu. And then after that, we started kind of growing off of that. So In
0: yeah. the food truck scene, how many items are you able to have on a menu at one time?
2: Yeah, we run about eight items. Yeah, just, just mainly because we're limited on space. And so, um, yeah, about eight. Sometimes we run a little bit more, eight to ten, depending on what's going on. But,
0: yeah. And, and you guys do private parties as well, right, as well as just the lunch and the dinner?
2: Yeah, it's pretty much all we do besides, you know, going to the food truck parks, you know, uh, but we do, you know, schools, private parties. Like, this weekend alone, we have two weddings. I have a wedding on Friday and Sunday. Um, um, office buildings are big for us. You know, we do a lot of office buildings. And so, yeah, that's pretty much what we do. We don't do any, um, you know, driving around looking for locations. Everything's pre-booked and planned out, so...
0: So, when the mall, when Hewlett Mall first reached out to you and and wanted you to come on board, was there any hesitation there? Were you nervous about bringing? Uh,
2: honestly, I think there was some initial jitters. You know, we we've only done the food trucks, and um, you know, uh, we live in the Farmers Branch Carrollton area, and so it was a little bit of a uh, it was a little distance, a little drive for us. But overall, we've done our started doing some homework and research on the area and the mall, and you know, the mall's been there for a long time, and. And the growth. And so, yeah, I mean, initially there was because it was was always scary starting your own first little thing, you know, your own business. But uh, coming from the food trucks, but overall, it's been great.
0: What about from your end, Kevin? Were you worried about how a food truck would translate into a standing location?
1: Not really. I really like the whole food truck vibe. I like going to food trucks uh, when I can convince my wife because she doesn't always go willingly. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I I wanted I like something different. And Uh, When I got to meet David, one of the great things about David is his enthusiasm and his creativity, his background. uh, You know, so when I met David and his group, I felt a lot of confidence. They're gonna they're gonna do it right. And you know, we had a little hiccups along the way as we were working on design and layout and and different things. But uh, when you have a entrepreneur who's who's got great ideas and creative and trying new things. It gets me excited because they could, because they're local and it's the same with some of our other food places that are local. If they could try new things, you know, I'm going to try this today and you know, they could change the menu. It's not like they're wrapped into a locked into a particular menu item. They can try different things and find what works and what doesn't work and what people respond to. And yeah, that's exciting to me to find people who, who can do that because you're working with an entrepreneur and that's a lot of fun. David, when you're,
0: obviously you can't be in two places at once. So you have your food truck location and you have the location in the mall. Um, have you found someone who kind of runs one of the locations for you?
2: (laughs) Yeah. My wife. Yeah. uh, Yeah. It's between our small group. It's, it is me, uh, my wife and my business partner and his wife. And so we just kind of, uh, we do have a a manager that helps us on the trucks that kind of keeps that, that kind of rolling. Um, but for the most part, yeah, it, it gets a little busy sometimes bouncing back and forth, you know, especially this time of year with the holidays and everything going on. There's so many festivals and stuff. So I have been a little strapped on you know, time, but for the most part, we, we make it work. So, Have you noticed
0: any big differences between uh, the customers that you have out at a food truck and the customers you have in a mall?
2: Mm, no, no, not really. Um, you know, now I mean, they, they all seem to come out. They all seem to yeah, love the food um no no no, not really not at all okay well that's good yeah
0: (laughs) that's that's good that probably speaks uh, highly to your product um kevin you uh we mentioned before uh you brought in society coffee Uh, you brought in i I think it's riley's barbecue and seafood uh, as well as el sofrito um how did you choose those other locations i i know how you chose the hot potato how did you choose those
1: Well, for Society Coffee, uh, again, somebody on our staff uh, ran across them at a gas station. They were operating out of a gas station in Ulus, and the product was great, and the presentation was great, and they started up a conversation, and pretty soon that developed into a deal. Um, For El Sofrito, um, they were actually doing an event with us uh, with a food truck, and they actually have a crepes food truck. And they're going to do an event, and I approached them about doing crepes in the mall. And they said, well, we don't want to do crepes, but we have this restaurant in Keene that's called 360, where they have kind of an international menu, and we would like to do a uh, uh, Mexican-Caribbean use, uh, Latin use in the food court. And I said, that sounds great. And we got to talking, and and it turned into a deal. Uh, Riley's, uh, you know, he had a... Interesting background of, you know, cooking barbecue and also has some food truck uh, background and got into a conversation with somebody on our staff because he was looking into locations um, and that turned into a deal. So at when I came out
0: for the testing at Society Coffee, I had uh, the cold brew, um, cold brew blackberry drink, I think, which was amazing. And then uh, I was already full at this point. And we go upstairs and we get Riley's ribs, which were fantastic. And uh, Elsa Frito, just too much food that I can even think to remember. Um, so it's really cool. And, and my perception of the food at the Hewland Mall has changed just from going out there uh, that one occasion and and sitting here and talking to you guys today. Um, This question is kind of for both of you. How do you change the common shopper's perception, and how do you get them to stop at
1: one of these places as opposed to maybe a a fast food type place? A couple of different things that I see and I emphasize with with the operators is, first of all, sample, sample, sample. Really important to sample so people can test your product. So if you go by most of these places, they'll they'll be offering samples for you to try. That's that's big. Another thing that's big that I emphasize a lot is really um, playing to the mall merchant employees because they're going to be your spokespeople. So if they like you and somebody a customer says to an employee in one of the stores, where should I eat? I'm looking for a place to eat. What's different? Well, go to Hot Potato, go to El Sofrito. Um, so cultivating the mall employees is a really important part of things. And then another thing that we've tried to do just to build up exposure is to have a lot of events in center court, art shows, uh, comic-con events, poetry events, different things that just get different people hanging out in the area. And while they're hanging out in the area, they, they see hot potato or see society coffee. So that's part of it too, is just trying to bring people in for events that hopefully they'll, they'll sample.
2: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. That's exactly what I was going to say. Kevin's really done a great job, and he's been really, you know, working. Like I said, they just redid the area uh, with the seating, the stadium seating, and you know, the things they put down in center court. Uh, But. All the events that he do that they throw on and from live music to, like you said, you did the art, there's some art shows and some, you know, book readings and stuff like that. Now Santa's sitting right <laughs> next to the kiosk. So when everybody comes in, you know, take picture with Santa, they see the hot potato. So that gives us a lot of exposure on that end. Um, you know, just really pushing through social media as well. And, um, just trying to just get the brand out there. You know, every day we, uh, when I'm there, you know, I'll talk to more people when they're, oh, we heard about you guys, or we saw you on Facebook, or we saw you on Instagram. like, that's great news to hear that the word of mouth is starting to really kind of get out there. But like when people are in the mall, like Kevin said, just been there, been consistent, um, serving great product every day and giving samples, and, you know, um, I think it just goes a long way. And eventually, you know, it'll build. You know, as long as we stay consistent, it'll continue to build. So.
0: After this experience in the mall, um, has it gotten an itch in you to get a brick and mortar?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this definitely has it. And, and like I said, you know, Kevin has been great. Like, you know, and a mentor to me, you know, he, you know, tells me, <laughs> how I got some ideas. Sometimes we're like, you know, and, but for the most part, we've got a lot of exposure since we opened in the mall. You know, there's been other malls and stuff like that and people have approached. Uh, but we're just trying to take it slow and we want to kind of, you know, keep, build our brand up here. We think it was a good opportunity out here, uh, in the Fort Worth market to kind of really get our brand on this side of town. Um, we do pretty well in Dallas, but it's good. So. Uh, eventually, yes, I think so, um, but uh, nothing set in stone just yet, though, for
0: the future. Uh, Kevin, um, what plans do you have for future places coming in, and um, do you see there being an expansion in the food, or are you happy with how
1: things sit right now? Yeah, you know, I think as opportunities arise, you take a look at them and, and look at them when the when a space comes available, which there is not currently in the food court of space available Center Court's kind of full up. So we kind of, I think what we're focused on now is building awareness of what we have and what we've added because, uh, you know, he opened in July, so that wasn't a very long time ago. Uh, Riley's opened in July. El Sofrido opened in October. Um, so we really want to absorb everybody, get people being familiar with them, build their business, and then go from there to see if there's anything different we want to do.
0: Have you seen any tangible success yet in terms of more people spending time in center court? And I know it's probably hard to tell between the food and the events that you're putting on, uh, but is there anything you could pinpoint in terms of people stopping more for food?
1: Uh, you know, I think there are people that are dwelling, you know, that they're, they're hanging out there. Um, and oftentimes that includes a cup of coffee or a potato or one of the food items that that they have at Society Coffee, so you definitely see more people hanging out because we've created that. Um, you know, we, we may look to do more more things in there that are either event driven or uh, murals or different things that still add to that environment of of dwell. But we do see more people dwelling there, and we do get a lot of positive feedback from the mall merchants who are sometimes our toughest customers to please.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. got to keep the merchants happy. Yeah. You
0: know? yeah. I, I, yeah, it, well, I honestly, I, I can't say enough how much I recommend people go out and, and try Really everything to offer. Go four times or three times and get a coffee each time you're there. Um, but uh, the foods, the food was great. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, David, where can people find you? Obviously, at the mall, but uh, where can they find your food truck?
2: Yeah, yeah. So the best way to, to find us would be on the social media, uh, on our uh, website, thehotpotatodallas.com. We uh, have our, our full calendar for the full month, so all the addresses and all the locations will be, but also Instagram and Facebook as well. So we, we post that for the whole week where we're going to be at. So I I would say we're looking at a couple of apps and stuff, too. If people follow us on apps, they can track us, but the most part would be these. this would be, uh, I'd say, the website because it has everything listed there. And so if you want to find us, that's where we're at. But like you said, truck yard, the truck yard in Dallas, we're there at least once a week, and so that's a good spot to find us. And uh, Yeah. And okay. they
1: could always order your food via Favor
2: or yeah, That's true. That's true. Really? DoorDash. That is true. Sorry. Yeah. So they can also order or set up with the uh, Favor and DoorDash as well. Uh, in the Fort Worth area out here coming from the location. So I believe I don't know if it's thirty miles or so. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But uh yeah, and so we set up with them and um it's two ninety nine fee to get a delivery through Favor. Um and uh which is pretty good compared to some of the others. And so, yeah, if you're ever at home on a rainy day or it's cold like today, if you want to get some good food, we can send it out to favor as well. That's
0: pretty awesome. I didn't know that. I'm, I'm definitely going to take advantage mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, Kevin, we'll be releasing this December 11th. Um, so which, uh, what events
1: are coming up that people should look out for at the Hewland Mall? Uh, well, obviously Santa's there, and that's the big thing this time of year. And uh, different weekends, we have holiday entertainment, Uh, We have a special needs uh, Christmas party with Santa uh, coming up through some of the local school districts. Uh, We actually have an event with Santa that's the Moms of Triplets, I think, uh, are bringing their organization in. So we do various different things. We have, uh, you know, throughout the season, we have the Salvation Army uh, tree where people can come and choose a name off the tree and buy gifts for needy children. So that's a big thing this time of year.
0: You also you wanted to say a few things about El Sofrido, um and just kind of give them a shout out. So here's your floor.
1: All right. Definitely want to give them a shout out. Uh, the food is very authentic. We have a the owner, Dina, is from Venezuela. Uh, her husband is from Mexico. So they've taken their, their worlds uh, of South America and Mexico and the Caribbean and kind of mashed them together. And they have Tex-Mex and they have... Venezuelan food and Puerto Rican food and and just one of the really neat stories is we have the Disney manager is from Venezuela. And when she first had the food at El Sofrito, it brought tears to her eyes because it reminded her of the food that her grandmother uh, used to make for her. So that was such a testimony to the authenticity of the food that we got what we were looking for. You know, the the real thing. It's not just Chain food, but it's the real Latin cuisine that uh, we really wanted to expose people to.
0: And I know just from my one time going with you that you have for sure a favorite. Um, What is that favorite? It's that plantain dish, right?
1: Yeah. I'm not sure that I think it's called patacon. Um, (laughs) And I probably didn't pronounce that right. Um, But it is a, a green plantain with different meats on it. And just a smorgasbord of of goodies on top of there with uh, you yeah, know just great stuff. It, it's very good, but everything I've tried, both on on David's menu, on El Cifrito menu, you know, frankly at the other places as well, uh, you know, Riley's and Society. Just you know, a lot of creativity and thought, and again with El Cerrito, the authenticity of of the Latin food. And I know um, we talked about already that uh,
0: some. People, some uh, customers of the mall, they might have a certain perception of mall food and, and what they expect to get. Um, and I think some, we have a lot of culinary students that listen to this podcast and they probably hold that same perception. But um, just from talking with Dina and um, now talking with you, David, yes, I, I know the way that you guys operate and, and how much care you have about this food. And I know that Dina's. Always looking for new culinary students, mm. so anyone listening, uh, keep that in mind. Um, and, and just keep it in mind that um, when you go to to a mall and uh, there's some local places, give them a shot and and definitely try them out. Um, so, guys, again, thank you so much for coming on. It, it was really a pleasure to have you on, um, and and I definitely look forward to coming back to the mall and, and trying the food again soon. Sounds All right, good. Thank you. Thank you. That interview with Kevin Davies and David Weber was brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. Located on Camp Bowie Boulevard, the Culinary School of Fort Worth is helping chefs pursue their dreams every single day. You can reach out for more information or to schedule a tour on their website at csftw.edu or you can reach them by phone at 817-737-8427. Also, you can check them out on social media to see what's going on daily at the school at Culinary School of Fort Worth on Facebook and Culinary School FTW on Instagram. Merry Christmas and happy holidays.